0: Welcome to Toasty Kettle. Today I have a real treat in store. I have Antonio Gonzalez on the show today, and he's the general manager with Sobrino de Botin in Madrid, Spain. This restaurant has been in continuous operation since 1725. Before we get to the interview, make sure you check out toastykettle.com and subscribe. You'll get our weekly newsletter with updates as well as recipes. Now for the interview. First, I wanted to say thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate that. No,
1: it's it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to collaborate with your podcast and your program.
0: So I I do a lot of food history with my website and my podcast. And Mm -hmm. I was curious about what was the oldest operating restaurant in the world and your restaurant came Mm -hmm. up. So I started reading everything I could find. I watched a lot of videos on YouTube and I was just fascinated Uh by the restaurant. So again, I'm I'm just super excited to be talking with you today. Oh,
1: great. So at your disposal, I'll answer whatever you want to ask me yeah, the best well, I can. I'm sorry, my English is not perfectly perfect, but I'll try to answer.
0: Well, first I wanted to ask, how long has Sobrino de Botin been in business, been in operation?
1: Sobrino de Botin has been in operation since 1725. There were only two families running uh, this restaurant, uh, Botin's family since 1725 until n- 1930 and then my family in 1930 until nowadays. Uh, first family was the family of Botin. Uh, Jean Botin was a French cook. He came to Spain in, 17- in 18th century, beginning of 18th century when the Bourbons came uh, uh, to Spain, the dynasty of Bourbons. And uh, he founded the restaurant. Um, in the same place or in the old structure of an old inn that was there since the uh, 16th century.
0: Now, that was something that fascinated me, that a, a French chef came, mm-hmm. came to Spain. Was he cooking French cuisine, or was he cooking Spanish cuisine when he opened up?
1: It's, um, it's very hard to know. <laughs> But I think at that time it was uh, French cooking was not the same as it is today. I think uh, for the cooking was more uh, homogeneous all over <laughs> Europe, and I know um, well we know that the, the oven, the original oven from 1725, is still operating. It's where we cook our speciality, and and that was the center of the of the gastronomic project of the, of this French cook chef. So um, probably it was center, uh, centered in or focus in, in roast pigs, roast lambs, and this kind of things, meat, I mean, roasted in, in this original oven.
0: That was another thing that really stood out to me as I was you know, doing my research. The oven, from what I read, the flame in that oven has never gone out from when they first opened. Is that correct?
1: Well, it's, uh, more or less, is, <laughs> that is correct, as far as I know, because my family, as I told you, is, is responsible of Putin since nineteen thirty. So I, I cannot talk about, about uh, what happens before, but we never closed the restaurant at least since my family is there. I can tell you that we never closed the fire because it's open every day.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So it is very important for knowing to be don't close the fire because uh, you had to heat the cane in the oven it's it's very complicated and it lost a lot of uh, flavor
0: sure, from looking at the videos on YouTube it just looks absolutely delicious
1: (laughs) thank you you're you're welcome to taste it in person
0: Yes. If I make it out to Spain, then that's the first thing I'm going to do is come by for some of that roast pig. So the, uh, the big question that I have, so Spain has had a fairly chaotic history at times. How has the restaurant been able to stay open continuously?
1: It's a good question. Um, well, I, um, when I started the restaurant my fa- my father he only um, asked for the my generation one condition to to dedicate to restaurant and business to botin it was to to finish an university study a, a licensure in, in whatever but nothing in relation with restaurant business he didn't want us to be people with a very close horizon of uh, food and everything around so um, I did history in, in uh, Madrid Madrid University and then my end of studies my end, end work was about Spain um, or Madrid in 18th century and then I can say that I'm kind of specialist in, in 18th century in Spain and it is very hard to understand how in a so convulsive and complicated time the restaurant was open and and survived to this uh, complicated period. Even you have to to notice that the independence war take place in the end of the 18th century and Rostan survived to that and to the French occupation and the 19th century was also complicated. <laughs> Spain. It's a, mir- it's a miracle. I think. Well, as I told you before, I can tell you about nine, 1930 and later. And in our case, in, since my family is there, the only reason or the secret is to to keep on working and and to do everything and the best we can every day and to don't to to relax about uh, trying to please people and. My father, Antonio González, was the main person in my family. He, des- he designed the restaurant as it is today. And, and he was a very, very clever man. And we are trying to to follow his, uh, his path and his uh, learnings.
0: It sounds like you're all doing a good job. I mean, here in, in the States... It's not uncommon for restaurants when they open up to, to barely make it through the first year. You know, the majority of them will close within that first year. And so to have something that's been open over or close to 300 years, that's, that's impressive.
1: I think it has a relation with the feeling of my family uh, to the restaurant, it, it, but it is not uh, just a business for us as a way of uh, earning money or whatever. It's like uh, we have a, a relation with the restaurant, uh, it's a relation with a living person, a beloved person. Uh, some days you love this person some days uh, you hate this person but you cannot live without <laughs> this person so it's like a living thing a living uh, entity
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so you then grew up with the restaurant then you said your your father was the one that took it over from uh was a the the Botin family and then your family started operating it so you grew up this was your life. This is all you knew. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Actually, it was my grandfather who starting in my family. Okay. Uh, my father was second generation in my family, but my father was a very, very special person, very high, uh, with a lot of um, capacities, and he speaks fluently five languages, and, and he was very, very... Clever, very very, very huge culture, I and he made a lot of uh, relationships with uh, people from all over the world. And we were very lucky with, in life, you have to be lucky to be lucky to have a touch of luck. <laughs> Even if you work or you succeed, you, don't, are, you are, don't have this touch of luck. <laughs> Many times it, you don't succeed. It's, and our touch of luck was the, the Ernest Hemingway one of his novels the son of Rises, ended in ends in in botin in one of our, our dining rooms we read again the Sun of rises you can see the last the last action mm-hmm. you can the last action take place in in, in botini and he mentions that was very very important to us it was like uh, being part of uh, the, the literary world and and after that uh, the second touch of luck was that without asking for that, uh, without uh, trying to to have it, we were included in the Guinness Book of Records as the oldest restaurant in the world continuously open. We didn't know that. We didn't claim for that. It was uh, thanks to one of our clients. He claims for us the right to be there and. And we were uh, very lucky about that.
0: Well, and that's that's probably how I found you today. You know, it, it, you become known for something being the oldest restaurant that's continuously operating, and and that it, it almost becomes legend of sorts. But it's actually something that's tangible that you can actually go and experience yourself. Yeah, and and then you know, I I would imagine being open for so long you've had your share of famous people that have come through you mentioned Ernest Hemingway and mm-hmm. including Botine in in one of his books How, what a tremendous boost yeah. that was what other famous people have come through there
1: well as, uh, my father thought as we never mentions famous people because we don't want to use their fame in our favor in our uh, Good. So I only I mean, we only mention the writers because as, as they they included us in their in their work. Yes, they they allow us to to mention it. This is why I mention Ernest Hemingway. I can mention also James Michener in Iberia. Also mentions us, uh, Scott Fitzgerald, and Graham Greene, in, in John Dos Passos in their journalists in, in their articles. They mention in Graham Breen in Monsignor Quixote, also. Uh, um, Last week, uh, Frederick Forsyth in The Black Manifest, also.
0: Yeah, I guess that, that makes it more impactful, right? If you're not mentioning every single famous person that comes through there, then it can almost seem like that's what you're relying on. And, and I like how you say that the the restaurant to you, to your family, it's more of a, a living thing, almost like a person that you have a relationship yeah. with. And you don't necessarily want to use that person for your own gain or your own favor. And it, it, it just, it is what it is. And people can enjoy yeah. it for what it is. Exactly. One rumor, <laughs> I don't know if it's a rumor or one thing I saw in one of the videos that I had watched was that Frank Sinatra had eaten there and was so impressed with the food and the meal that he actually wanted to buy the restaurant. Is there, is there any truth to that at all? Or was that just <laughs> a, a legend well, that likes honestly, to be told?
1: Honestly, uh, when, when it uh, appears in the, in the magazines, I was with my father in Italy. In Rome, we had that trip, uh, just a cultural trip, because my father tried to you know, me to understand what means uh, history and art and, and whatever. And then we were in Italy at that time, and we read it in the, in the magazine in Italy, and we were very surprised because of that. My father was the the most important uh, person at the, at the restaurant at that time, and he didn't know. <laughs> About that it was uh, something uh, we feel very proud of that information. maybe Mr Sinatra maybe he told uh, the journalist that he would like to, to have what in and that uh, makes us uh, feel very proud and very honoured <laughs> or that sure. but we didn't have the conversations and we didn't think about that uh, possibility.
0: So that came as a surprise to you both. Then, when when you were in Italy, you you saw that in an article, and then and then, it, <laughs> you know, it, it came as a surprise to the the owners of the actual restaurant, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we were. Uh, my father was the one taking decisions at that time. Even before, so he did, everything will go through him. and he didn't know anything about that.
0: If I came to the restaurant today, what would my experience be like? You will
1: find a place, an old corner of the ancient Madrid, in the historical part of Madrid, and we will try you to make it like in history or travel, (laughs) in tunnel time or something like that. Of course, first of all, we will try you to enjoy our food and drinks, of course, but it's not only that it's also to to have an ambience to to make you feel in a different experience to we, we try to give a kind of a warm attitude to people make you feel in, that we are happy to have you there I and mean, it's for us it's very important it's not a sophisticated restaurant it's not distant restaurant it's, just, it's a place where you must we we succeed if you we make you to have to feel in some way like like in family. I think my father told me that people uh, life is a collection of moments and people collect moments continually in life and that that makes people uh, have a rich or not rich life and we try to in a, in a modesty way to have a to be part of this little collection of moment of those or moments in their lives.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's beautiful. That's very well put. Just to be another one of those positive moments in in that rich tapestry that that builds up a life. What food is served today? I know I know Spain, particularly that region, is is very well known for that roast suckling pig, and I know that's one of those feature courses. At Boutine, mm-hmm. has that always been going on? How long has that been been a staple on the menu?
1: Our menu is very stable. We try to to fill the the changes of the people taste and that but in essentially we, we try to have a stable a stable menu very uh, adapted to our personality and idiosyncrasy our main specialty is the roast suckling pig and it has been like that since I since my family is there and probably, yeah, probably during botin's family's time and also the lamb the the roast baby lamb is second specialty. We also have a filet mignon, not different uh, dishes, but mainly the roast. Cook in this oven, original oven in a slow fire, in a slow cooking. It takes two and a half hours to cook. It's pig or lamb, so we take care of it.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a lot of love goes into each pig or each lamb that goes through. How many people will visit the restaurant on a daily basis?
1: <laughs> well, it's about 500 uh, and uh, 550 is the average day by by day i mean is the average last year was uh, especially uh, successful and we were about uh, closing 600 people of average
0: oh that's That's, incredible uh,
1: yeah don't tell it to income taxes
0: department please yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh that'll be between you and me (laughs) Uh, no so with that many people going through, if if I were to come to Spain and try to come to the restaurant, is that something I would need to have a reservation for? Or is that something I could just decide I'm going to go to Botin and, and stop by?
1: Well, we take reservations, but we, we don't collapse the restaurant with reservations because we don't want to close the doors to people that they just go spontaneously there and, and try to have a table. But it's convenient to, to reserve at the table. We have a web page uh, you can present through this web page or calling by phone or as i told you you improvise you can go there and, and probably you had to wait uh, 15 20 minutes half an hour even one hour but you can have a walk in this beautiful old section of madrid and, and you have a table it's it's not uh, very usual that um, that we, we don't give the opportunity of having a table even if you have to wait But in your case, as you have my telephone, it's going to be easier for you to have
0: it. Yeah, it can go right to the source, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I've I've really appreciated our, our conversation today. I've really enjoyed that. And again, I'm deeply grateful you took the time to spend a minute with me and share a little bit about the history of the restaurant. And thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. It uh, uh, has been a pleasure. And I hope to, uh, to meet you as soon as possible in, in next future, in Botín.
0: Well, I can't thank Antonio enough for his time. When it comes to new restaurants today most are going to close within the first year. Of the restaurants that make it beyond a year, 70% will fail within the next three to five years. Of those that make it beyond that, 90% remain successful and stayed in business longer than 10 years. So what does it take to run a successful restaurant for almost 300 years? Antonio was very candid. Any business you want to succeed in requires a little luck. For them, it came in the form of Ernest Hemingway including them in one of his books, as well as getting in the Guinness Book of World Records. Both of those were honors that they received, but they didn't seek out. If you own and operate something long enough, it becomes a relationship of sorts. Some days are going to be awesome and invigorating, other days it's going to be an uphill battle. Rich lives are made up of many little moments. Antonio and his team at Sobrino de Botín want to be just a little moment in your life. So whether you have a craving for roast suckling pig or an insatiable appetite for a unique historical experience, catch your next flight to Madrid and make your way to Sobrino de Botín. Well folks, that's all I have for you today. If you like what you heard, make sure you give us a 5-star review wherever you listen to your podcast and tell your friends. You can find Sobrino de Botines website in the description, as well as links to our social media pages. Feel free to check us out at Toasty Kettle on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next week.